Welcome to The S Factor. Now here's your host, Chuck Shazer. Hello everyone and welcome to The S Factor. I'm your host, Chuck Shazer. I cannot believe it's August 1st already. Where is the time going? Where has it gone? I can't believe it. I hope everyone out there is having a great summer so far. So what is the S Factor? Well, S stands for science, and if you've never heard this show before, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard my starship as we explore everything terrestrial and extraterrestrial. Right here on the S Factor, there's so much going on in the world of science. Can't wait to get right into it with you today. We're going to talk about the science news, and then we're going to go into very serious matter, actually. It's a matter of when you're swimming in lakes, there's something that lies beneath the surface within the water that you should know about and you should be aware of if you enjoy swimming in lakes. We're going to talk about that coming right up. It has been so sweltering hot this summer. And of course, we know with global warming going on, it's I don't think there's an end in sight as far as that goes, so I hope everybody is staying cool, being safe out there, drinking enough water. That's one of the most important things you can do. And I hope everybody enjoys the show today, and thank you again for joining me. You can catch me here the first Saturday of every month on Cruising 92.1 WVLT, right here at 1 o'clock. And if you happen to miss the S-Factor, you can catch up on all the S-Factor episodes by going to my website, scienceanimated.net. Of course, the S-Factor is brought to you by scienceanimated.net. If you guys in the audience have kids out there and they're getting a little bored, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do this summer. Really, the social gatherings are small. There are really no live events to go to. There's very, there's very little to do. So if you find your kids getting bored, check out scienceanimated.net. You can check out Science Animated the Human Body, which is a feature. It's a 40-minute feature on the human body, all animated, 100% family-friendly. And I guarantee your kids will love it or you'll get your money back. You can check that out. It's only $9.99 for the stream. And you can watch it as many times as you'd like. Actually, I'm at a lot of things at the website, we have. I'm actually working on a coloring book. And you can get a free sample page by visiting my website, scienceanimated.net. It's a PDF page. You can print it out. Your kids can color, and you can print out as many as you like. I want to thank everybody that's been supporting scienceanimated.net by purchasing the, the movie stream and also by you know watching the Orbit Show, by visiting my sponsors of this radio show. I have some great sponsors here. Just want to thank everybody out there for listening, and I appreciate the support so much. Let's get right into the science news. A massive asteroid shower hit Earth and the moon 800 million years ago, a study says. Over the course of Earth's ancient history, our planet has been blitzed with a variety of foreign objects, some of which have triggered major events shaping this place we now call home. One such incident with a massive asteroid shower that bombarded both the Earth and the Moon 800 million years ago, according to a new study. 
During this monstrous shower, the asteroids that collided with Earth were much larger than the asteroid responsible for the extinction of the dinosaurs 66 million years ago, the researchers believe. There is also evidence that an asteroid shower that impacted Earth 470 million years ago could have triggered a fall in sea level, icy conditions, and contributed to biodiversity. Fast forward to 66 million years ago, and the Chicxulub impact crater beneath the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico and located offshore near the town of Chicxulub formed when a large meteorite between 6.8 and 50.3 miles in diameter hit the Earth. That is an enormous asteroid. Think about that, folks. 6.8 and 50.3 miles. Most stuff that has been zooming by us recently has been you know, measured in feet or football fields. This newly discovered event, however, that occurred 800 million years ago and involved an asteroid shower with a total mass between 30 to 60 times that of the asteroid that created Chicxulub. This impact occurred prior to the cryogenian period between 635 million and 720 million years ago when Earth was covered in icy deserts. This was an error of great environmental and biological changes, the researchers said. Now, it doesn't sound like that would be a great place to be when that was going on. A study published Tuesday in the journal Nature Communications. The study that is not yet strange that an asteroid shower 800 million years ago might have triggered the Ice Age because a total mass flux 800 million years ago is 10 to 100 times larger than those of Chicxulub impact and, and or a meteor shower 470 million years ago, said Kentaro Teruda, lead study author and professor at Osaka University in Japan in an email. Lunar craters tell a tale. Due to erosion and resurfacing that occurs on Earth caused by volcanoes and other geologic processes, it's hard for scientists to study how our planet was impacted in the past by asteroids and date where they occurred, when they occurred. Any impact craters to Earth prior to 600 million years ago, researchers believe, has been erased. Wow, think about that. There's only so much we can see because of how active our planet is. That's why the moon, which is largely unchanged by erosion and weathering, has provided a fruitful alternate path for scientists to study craters and piece together the shared history of Earth and the moon. In this study, researchers used data collected by the Japanese Space Agency's lunar orbit, Kagoya, of the 59 craters on the moon, and the researchers observed that had diameters larger than 12.4 miles or 20 kilometers in diameter. Eight of the craters appear to have formed at the same time. This includes the Copernicus Crater, which is 57.8 miles in diameter. Apollo 12 astronauts, a second manned mission to land on the moon, sampled what they believed to be material ejected from the Copernicus Crater when it was created. The samples which they collected after landing on November 19, 1969, were dated to 800 million years old, according to NASA. 
These eight craters likely formed simultaneously when the asteroid 62 miles or 100 kilometers in diameter was disrupted, impacting both Earth and the Moon. During the asteroid shower, a large amount of phosphorus was delivered to Earth and huge amounts of volatile elements such as carbon, nitrogen, and water were supplied on the surface of the dry moon. Phosphorus could have acted as a nutritional element to promote more algae growth on Earth. Tereda said it's also possible that the arrival of elements via asteroids on Earth could have influenced marine biogeochemical cycles severe perturbations to Earth's climate system and the emergence of animals, the authors wrote in the study. And that story was brought to you by CNN. This next story is very interesting indeed. COVID-19 lockdown has brought Earth's vibrations to a halt, says a study here. The coronavirus is really harsh in our vibe, but in one big way, that's a good thing. Our home planet literally vibrates as a result of human movement from driving cars to industry to sporting events and concerts. However, lately that seismic hum has dulled to a whisper thanks to the pandemic lockdown. As a result, we, we have now entered the quietest period of man-made seismic noise recorded in history. It's dubbed the anthropause, according to scientists. This quiet period is likely the longest and largest dampening of human-caused seismic noise since we started monitoring the Earth in detail using vast monitoring networks of seismometers. Our study uniquely highlights just how much human activities impact the solid Earth and could let us see more clearly than ever what differentiates humans and natural noise. And now the lack of noise pollution could make it easier to track and predict earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. What do you think about that? Data collected from 268 seismic monitoring stations throughout 117 countries reflected this drastic reduction of noise readings. Outside of the COVID-19 era, these potentially life-saving facilities are set up to monitor Earth's many movements. Usually, the anthropogenetic hum interferes with gathering the clearest reading of seismic shift. With increasing urbanization and growing global populations, more people will be living in geologically hazardous areas. It will therefore become more important than ever to differentiate between natural and human-caused noise so that we can listen in and better monitor the ground movements beneath our feet. This study could help kickstart this new field of study. The planet's stillness since February has established a new baseline for human activity, which will better help scientists analyze future data and the degree to which we've affected the Earth's vibrations since the pre-industrial era. This new starting point will help researchers better predict impending seismic dangers. The lockdown caused by the coronavirus pandemic may have, given us a, may have given us a glimmer of insight into how human and natural noise interact with the Earth. We hope this insight will spawn new studies that help us listen better to the Earth and understand natural signals we would otherwise have missed. And that's from the New York Post, that story. 
It's like that Beach Boy song, Good Vibrations. Now we're creating less vibrations so we can hear seismic activity. Very interesting story there, and it's very important to know. The more we find out about the tectonic plates moving beneath our feet, the better as far as I'm concerned. Hey, do you remember back in 2011 what we felt here in South Jersey? Do you remember feeling that earthquake? It was actually an aftershock, I believe. I forget where this, the origin was for that earthquake, but I remember feeling the building shake. I didn't know what was happening. And the, the, I remember the building I was in felt very malleable. It was shaking left and right. <laughs> I had no idea what was happening. It happened out of the, just out of the blue all of a sudden. That was definitely something to remember. And speaking of the coronavirus and COVID-19, I just want to take a, a quick little uh, time out from the news here and talk about how if you're home and you're not doing a whole lot, if you've been inactive, maybe you've been inactive for months, maybe you rely on going to a gym, maybe that's what gets you motivated. Some people, you know, they have to be around people to work out and get motivated. But there is a solution if that's the situation you're in. Of course, it's a hot political topic right now with, you know, we had, a, we had a gentleman that had a gym or has a gym in New Jersey and he was defying the, the government mandate or being closed and he was, he was open and he recently was arrested. There's so much stuff going on in the world today. And one of those things is, you know, the gyms and, and places like that being closed. If you find yourself aggravated and annoyed that you can't work out at a gym and you're, you're just not feeling that motivation that you would typically get by going to a gym, I have a solution for you. It's called Tawny Fit. I'm going to get Tawny Basil, the owner of Tawny Fit. She's a great sponsor of the show. I'm going to get her on the line and she's going to tell you about what she's doing with her clients right now. Typically, she will go to gyms with them, but of course you can't do that now. So she has a solution, virtual training. I'm going to let her talk about that right now. All right, folks, right now I have a great sponsor of the S-Factor radio show on the phone with me, Tawny Basil of Tawny Fit. There's so many things going on with COVID-19 still. They started to open gyms up again. They're closed now. I don't, we don't know what the heck is going on. First of all, Tawny, how you doing? I'm doing great, How are you? Fantastic. And I just wanted to talk to you about these gyms that are opening and closing. You know, there's a lot of turmoil still with COVID-19. What can you offer people through your program, Tawny Fit, during these times? During these times, it's pretty uncertain when gyms are going to open. Um, my offer is video chat sessions. This can be done through FaceTime, Skype, um, Google Duo, anything that you have. It's not a problem. Um, my sessions are 30 to 60 minutes, and they're based on your goals and on your experience. So this is a program that anybody can take a part can take part in. Doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter what your physical limitations are at this current you know time. Correct. Everybody has their own unique program that you're going to put together for them with your fitness program. Is that right? Absolutely. Now, do people have to have weights? How? What's involved in that? No, actually, 
really know. If you don't have weight, that is not a problem. You have your body. So since we have the social distancing and gyms are closed, you can still work with people and help them get in the best shape of their life, change their life for the better. And there's never a bad time to do that. There's never a wrong time to do that. Right. And don't think just because it's summer and, you know, it's already time that it's too late. It's not. It's never too late. Yeah, I think some people probably get a little depressed and think that it's too late to get in great shape. But it isn't. Why? why I mean, start... Turn that new leaf today and contact Tawny Basil. She has programs, fitness programs for every shape and size, every age. Give her a call. Tawny, why don't you give the folks out there listening to S-Factor some of your contact information so they can get started on that journey? Sure. I am Tawny Fit on all social media. My number is 609-674-8077 or you can email me at tawnyfit@gmail.com. Tony, thank you for joining us today. Folks, if you want to get in the best shape of your life, contact one of our great sponsors here, Tony Basil at Tony Fit. You will not regret it. You'll get in the best shape you've ever been in from the comfort of your home now. Tony, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, and well wishes to your families during the pandemic. Now, we all know how enormous the universe is. As a matter of fact... Many scientists say there are multiple universes, the multiverse. Professor Michio Kaku has talked about that a lot. Many scientists have. Now, when you look up at the stars at night, if you ever have an opportunity to do that in a place that isn't, if you're not near a city that's super well lit, if you're out in the wilderness away from a lot of city lighting, and it's a clear night, you'll be treated to a breathtaking view of the night sky. I remember I was visiting a family member that owns a cabin business in Fleetwood, North Carolina. The cabin rental business is called Fall Creek Cabins. It's an absolutely beautiful area near Boone, North Carolina. And I was visiting my relatives down there, and I happened to walk outside one night. And, of course, I think that the largest city that was closest to me at that point was about 20 miles away or so. So the nighttime sky was not, it wasn't competing with any other light source. So I got to see all the beautiful stars. If you ever get a chance to do that, you will be in for a huge treat. And it's a treat you'll never forget. And if you've ever done that, you'll know what I'm talking about. How absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous the night sky is. There's so many stars out there. It's absolutely gorgeous. And as you're looking up into this vast collection of stars and space, You may ask yourself, are we alone? Are we the only ones out there? Are we the only intelligent life in the universe? Even in the Milky Way galaxy. Are we as good as it gets as far as intelligent life is concerned? Well, this next story really grabbed my attention. Speaking of that topic 
New York Times put this out. This article, no longer in shadows. Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public. For over a decade, the program, now tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence, has discussed mysterious events in classified briefings. Cue in the X-Files music, please. Despite Pentagon's statements that it disbanded a once-covert program to investigate unidentified flying objects, the effort remains underway. Renamed and tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence, where officials continue to study mystifying encounters between military pilots and unidentified aerial vehicles. I was watching uh, something on YouTube where the pilot that uh, one of the pilots are referring to here in this piece recalled and they showed video he recalled chasing this tic-tac looking object like a white tic-tac object that was maneuvering around in the sky so quickly that if a human being were inside of it the g-force would have we couldn't have handled it pentagon officials will not discuss the program which is not classified but deals with classified matters Yet it appeared last month in a Senate committee report outlining spending on the, na on the nation's intelligence agencies for the coming year. The report said the program, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, was to standardize collection and reporting on sightings of unexplained aerial vehicles and was to report at least some of its findings to the public within 180 days after passage of the Intelligence Authorization Act. While retired officials involved with the effort, including Harry Reid, the former Senate Majority Leader, hope the program will seek evidence of vehicles from other worlds, its main focus is on discovering whether another nation, especially any potential adversary, is using breakout aviation technology that could threaten the United States. Now that's another, that's another take on this. What if it weren't? What, maybe it isn't aliens. Of course, no. That that top that idea isn't as crazy as it may sound when you look at the scope and the size of space. But they're right to to feel threatened by this, especially if it's another nation. Senator Marco Rubio, the Florida Republican who is the acting chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence told a CBS affiliate in Miami this month that he was primarily concerned about reports of unidentified aircraft over American military bases and that it was in the government's interest to find out who was responsible. There are many stories that I've heard over the years about unidentified aerial aircraft over military bases, over nuclear sites during the Cold War. Interesting. Now, the, the, the senator expressed concern that China or Russia or some other adversary have made some technological leap that allows them to conduct this sort of activity. That's what Marco Rubio said. Mr. Rubio said in some of the unidentified aerial vehicles over the U.S. bases possibly exhibited technologies not in the American arsenal, but he also noted maybe there was a completely sort of boring explanation for it, but we need to find out. That was a quote. In 2017, the New York Times disclosed the existence of a predecessor unit called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Defense Department officials said at the time that the unit and its $22 million in funding had elapsed after 2012. 
People working with the program, however, said it was still in operation in 2017 and beyond. Statements later confirmed by the Department, uh, the Defense Department. Now, that would make sense. Now, if we're talking about a secret sect of the military, they're going to be very careful with what they declassify, what they throw out there, what they tell us about, and that just makes sense. The program was begun in 2007 under the Defense Intelligence Agency and was then placed within the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, which remains responsible for its oversight. But its coordination with the intelligence community will be carried out by the Office of Naval Intelligence as described in the Senate Budget Bill. The program lapsed, never lapsed in those years, but little was disclosed about the post-2017 operations. For more than a decade, the Pentagon program has been conducting classified briefings for congressional committees, aerospace company executives, and other government officials, according to interviews with program participants and unclassified briefing documents. In some cases, earthly explanations have been found for previously unexplained incidents. Even lacking a plausible terrestrial explanation does not make an extraterrestrial one the most likely, astrophysicists say. Mr. Reed, the former uh, Democratic senator from Nevada who pushed for funding the earlier UFO program when he was the majority leader, said he believed the crashes of objects of unknown origin may have occurred and that retrieved materials should be studied. After looking into this, I came to the conclusion that there were reports that there were actual materials that the government and the private sector had in their possession, Mr. Reed said in an interview. No crash artifacts have been publicly produced for independent verification. Some retrieved objects, such as unusual metallic fragments, were later identified from laboratory studies as man-made. Eric W. Davis, an astrophysicist who worked as a subcontractor and then a consultant for the Pentagon UFO program since 2007, said that in some cases, now check this out, examination of the materials had so far failed to determine their source and led him to conclude we couldn't make it ourselves. The constraints on discussing classified programs and the ambiguity of information cited in unclassified slides from the briefings have put officials who have studied UFOs in the position of stating their views without presenting any hard evidence. Mr. Davis, who now works for Aerospace Corporation, a defense contractor, said he gave a classified briefing to a Defense Department agency as recently as March about retrievals from off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. Mr. Davis said he also gave classified briefings on retrievals of unexplained objects to staff members of the Senate Armed Services Committee on August 21, 2019, and to staff members of the Senate Intelligent Committee two days later. Committee staff members did not respond to requests for comment on the issue. Public fascination with the topic of UFOs has drawn in President Trump, who told his son Donald Trump Jr. in a June interview that he knew very interesting things about, about Roswell, a city in New Mexico that is central to speculation about the existence of UFOs, the president demurred when asked if he would declassify any information on Roswell. He said, quote, I'll have to think about that one, he said. Either way, Mr. Reed said, more should be made public to clarify what is known and what is not. 
it is extremely important that information about the discovery of physical materials or retrieved craft come out, he said. Now, we don't know what is going to be released just yet. How, how would you feel? How would you feel to know that we weren't alone in the universe? That there's other intelligent life? And what makes life intelligent as far as how we see it? A being that is on our level. I'll tell you what that, what that criteria is. Having an opposable thumb so you can work on things technically, very detailed-oriented work. Language. Need language. And you need eyes in the front. Those three things you need. Of course, language, communication with other people. So you can organize, plan, get things done. So that's it. Opposable thumbs, language, having eyes in the front of your head so you can see straight out. How would you feel about that? Would you be worried about that? Would you feel threatened at all if it came out that all with all of these years that have gone by and UFO sightings and maybe experiences that people had, those things being laughed at, how would you feel if that if it came out now that there's some there's a small percentage of these things that are truly unknown or they assume they could not be made here there isn't another nation these are things that could not have been made on earth we don't have we're not that technologically advanced yet how would you feel about that i want to know i know this is a pre-recorded show but if you want to contact me now is a good time to bring this up you can reach me at any time at info at scienceanimated.net. That's info at scienceanimated.net. And of course, on social media channels, you can contact me, facebook.com slash scienceanimated, twitter.com slash scienceanimated. You have a question or comment about the show. It doesn't have to be about this particular question I present to you, but any kind of question or comment you have, I'll, I'll read it on the air. No problem. I'm curious to know what you think about this UFO situation. Well, it seems like we're going to know soon. We're going to get the true story on what they actually know. I don't know how much you're going to declassify, how much you're going to say. But if if they tell us that these things, these materials that they've gathered, all these case studies that they've done, if they come out and they say, yes, there's a certain amount of this that is natural phenomenon. There's a certain amount of this that is a foreign entity that has technology that we're not aware that they have. And there's some that is not of this world. Very interesting stuff. That, that, that really, I think that, that piques everyone's curiosity, does it not? We're going to take a quick time out. You are listening to The S Factor. I'm your host, Chuck Shazer. You can catch me here the first Saturday of every single month right here on Cruising 92.1 WVLT. We'll be right back. Summer is finally here. You could grill outside now. You can go swimming in your pool. You can enjoy your yard. But what if you want to change the scenery? What if you want a new house? There are plenty of beautiful homes in the area, and interest rates are extremely low. Take advantage of the low rates. Now is a great time to buy. 
Now maybe you'd like to finally purchase that investment property you've always wanted, or maybe you'd like to sell a home or property. Realtor Tyra Shazer can assist you in buying or selling any home or property. Contact Tyra Shazer at Remax Platinum Properties at 609-402-1992. Again, that's 609-402-1992 or email her at tarasdreamhomes at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Tara Shazer and I'm ready to help you find your dream home. Oh no, no one wants to hear that sound. If you are involved in a motor vehicle accident, I have the body shop for you. Trust the professionals at Cherry Hill Collision. Cherry Hill Collision is a proud member of the iCar Gold program. To perform collision repair in the state of New Jersey, a body shop is required to have a license to do business, but there's no requirement to have training on how to properly repair a vehicle iCar is the predominant source for training in the collision industry. Many shops will get iCar trained, but only the best shops will go the extra mile and get iCar Gold trained, and the professional staff at Cherry Hill Collision is trained in the iCar Gold program. So if you're in an accident, you can rest easy. Cherry Hill Collision will return your car as safe as the day it was built. Your car was designed to keep you safe in a collision, and thankfully, it did its job. Cherry Hill Collision will put it back together to keep you safe once more. They realize that cars can be repaired, but people can't. That's why they provide the safest, correct repairs, and they are the highest rated auto repair shop in Camden County, New Jersey. There is a right way to make repairs that many car owners aren't aware of. They are here to help. Cherry Hill Collision is also a certified repair facility for several vehicle manufacturers. They also service all oversized vehicles, including transits and sprinters. So if you have been in an accident, call 856-663-0500. Again, that number is 856-663-0500. Cherry Hill Collision is located at 326 Haddonfield Road in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Cherry Hill Collision, making your life easier. Check out Cherry Hill Collision online at cherryhillcollision.com. Car buying can be a brutal experience. Pushy salespeople and deals that are too good to be true. Choosing the right dealership is crucial in today's marketplace. So, where can you go? Since 1976, there has been a dealership in Vineland that is family-owned and operated and has a diverse selection of cars, trucks, utility vehicles, and more. J&C Auto Sales at 1912 West Landis Avenue in Vineland can guide you through the car buying experience with no hassle and a laid-back atmosphere. The Shazer brothers carefully select each vehicle they sell and offer Carfax reports on all their inventory. Shop in a stress-free environment and get the vehicle you want at a price that won't rock your bank account. Stop by and mention the S-Factor for a special offer. J&C Auto Sales is located at 1912 West Landis Avenue in Vineland. You can give them a call today at 856-696-4072. That's 856-696-4072. Or check them out online at jcauto.net serving South Jersey for 44 years. Tired of buying your kids the same old toys or video games? What 
if I told you there is an educational film that is action-packed, exciting, and family-friendly, and it costs far, far less than a trip to the movies. ScienceAnimated.net is proud to present Science Animated The Human Body. Available as a DVD or digital stream, this film will get your kids engaged and interested in learning. From all across America, parents, teachers, and homeschoolers have purchased Science Animated The Human Body. The unique mixture of action-adventure and education makes this film a must-own. It's perfect for school-aged children, eight and up. It combines education with entertainment as it covers the muscles, skin, and bone systems of the body. This approach makes learning fun and truly is educational entertainment. Parents nationwide have had fantastic things to say about Science Animated The Human Body. Linda Virtus says, My son loved this video and wants to watch it over and over. We printed out the extra worksheets on the webpage, and we're both having fun learning all the names of the bones and muscles. Highly recommended. Bobby Gannon says, Got it for my grandkids to watch while at my house. I'm going to have to get more copies to take to their homes as well. They ask for it over and over. Love it. So visit scienceanimated.net today and get free companion worksheets to go along with the movie. Science Animated The Human Body, available now at scienceanimated.net. Welcome back to The S Factor. I'm your host, Chuck Shazer of scienceanimated.net. Scienceanimated.net, it's 100% family-friendly educational content. It's fun, it's exciting, it's unlike anything you've ever seen before, I can promise you that. You can check out scienceanimated.net for Science Animated Human Body, which is a 40-minute animated movie that you can buy on DVD. You can also stream it if you choose to do that. There's the Orbit Show, and there is, of course, this, the S-Factor radio show in podcast form. If you miss any of the S-Factor radio shows, you can go to scienceanimated.net, go to the navigation bar, you highlight the S-Factor, you can listen to all the shows in podcast form. You can download them, listen to them in the car, very cool stuff that's popular on the website. So, something of note, the last item that we just talked about, there was a correction on some of that. And it has to do with Harry Reid, the retired Senate Majority Leader from Nevada. Mr. Reid said he believed that crashes of objects of unknown origin may have occurred and that retrieved materials should be studied. He did not say that crashes had occurred and that retrieved materials had been studied secretly for decades. An earlier version also misstated the frequency with which the Director of National Intelligence is supposed to report on unidentified aerial phenomenon. It is 100 day, 180 days after enactment of the Intelligence Authorization Act, not every six months. Just thought we should throw that out there because there was a correction on that article. Still very... Interesting stuff, to say the least. How many of you have been to Florida? How many of you have been to the Gulf Coast? That's a coast that I personally love. It's a much more chill and relaxed area compared to the east coast of Florida. We have Fort Lauderdale, and there's a lot more excitement. I would say the Gulf side is a little more laid back, a little more retirement, uh, community-oriented. And for me, when you want to go on vacation, yeah, sure, people like to party and all that, but I love being chill, love going to the beaches there, beautiful beaches. 
This next story has to do with the Florida Gulf Coast. Scientists flock to mysterious blue hole off Florida's Gulf Coast. Scientists are flocking to Florida's Gulf Coast for a glimpse of a mysterious 425 feet deep blue hole on the ocean floor. The glowing mystery hole about 155 feet below the water's surface is similar to the sinkhole seen on solid land, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. The site dubbed the Great the Green Banana has been a hot topic for scientists and deep-sea explorers who've been hoping for a glimpse of the phenomenon from afar. Surprisingly, the first reports of blue holes came from fishermen and recreational divers, not scientists or researchers. In general, the holes appear to host diverse biological communities full of marine life, including corals, sponges, mollusks, sea turtles, and sharks. NOAA scientists already have collected 17 water samples from the area surrounding the hole, along with four sediment samples. And if you happen to see a picture of this, it's, it's quite remarkable. It's beautiful, actually. It just this glowing, almost like a teal orb, it looks like. Remarkably, they also discovered two dead but intact small-toothed sawfish, an endangered species at the bottom of the hole, according to NOAA. Remains of one of the animals were recovered for examination. NOAA scientists plan to embark on a new mission to a second deeper area of the hole in August. That mission will consist of a team of scientists from Moat Marine Laboratory, Florida Atlantic University, Georgia Institute of Technology, and the U.S. Geological Society, according to NOAA. Researchers are interested in studying the seawater chemistry in the hole for its unique qualities. Little is known about blue holes due to their lack of accessibility and unknown distribution and abundance, Noah said in a statement. The opening of a blue hole can be several hundred feet underwater, and for many holes, the opening is too small for an automated submersible. Researchers don't know much about blue holes, but scientists are hoping to learn if the holes are connected to Florida's groundwater or if there is a groundwater intrusion into the Gulf of Mexico. They're also looking to see if a particular blue hole is secreting nutrients or harbors microenvironments or new species of microbes. Wow. Yeah, the last two stories, as far as like declassifying UFO phenomenon and, and this here, this blue hole in the Gulf of Mexico, sounds... <laughs> I mean, these are, these are real stories. Uh, very interesting. I, I just <laughs> when I saw these two stories and planned on presenting them to you today on the S Factor, it made me laugh in a sense because both stories are kind of unbelievable uh, because they're just so. I mean, your imagination can run wild with these things, you know. That blue that blue hole story was brought to you by ABC News. Now, seeing as though here we are, middle of summer. I know when I was growing up, and I'm sure you had the same experience when you were growing up, how many of us loved swimming in lakes or ponds, right? Like a man-made pond. I certainly did it. And, you know, when you're growing up, you're, you're playing outside. You don't think anything of danger that may be lurking in the water. Now... I want to talk today about 
Brain-eating amoeba. That's an alarming headline, is it not? Brain-eating amoeba? Now, the BBC reported a case of this on July 6th of, of this year. And, you know, brain-eating amoebas aren't something that are terribly common. But I want to dive into, you know, what are these things? You know, why do they... Why do they have a penchant for our gray matter? It's actually a quite serious topic. But I think it's worth exploring because, I don't know about you, but even if it's something that is kind of rare, I would certainly be thinking about that the next time I wanted to go swimming in a lake. I couldn't help but have that on my mind. So let's learn more about the brain-eating amoeba and see if there's anything we can do to lessen our chance of getting something so terrifying in our bodies if and when we swim in a lake. Composed of a single cell, amoebas seem harmless enough. They look like playful critters waltzing under the spotlight of a microscope until they come upon a group of bacteria. Then, these previously innocuous amoeba suddenly morph into sinister blobs, engulfing the bacteria and slowly ripping them apart with a bevy of digestive enzymes. It's hard to cry over murdered bacteria, but the digestive power of amoeba is the stuff of nightmares when it plays out in a human brain. Remember that movie back in the, I guess it was the 80s, The Blob? Well, that was a remake. That's when I was growing up. I saw that, but it's a very old movie. I would say it's got to be one of the it's probably a 50s error monster movie, The Blob. That's what these single cell amoeba look like and act like, especially when they see a bacteria that they want to chomp down on. Infections with Nacleraea fowleri, the so called brain eating amoeba, are extremely rare but also extremely deadly. Only 146 cases have been reported in the U.S. since 1962, with only four surviving the infection. So there is a 97% chance of death. You heard that right, folks. With this brain-eating amoeba, there is a 97% chance of death. That's enormous. Sadly, on July 2nd of last year, a 59-year-old North Carolina man became the first person to die of the infection in 2019 after swimming in a lake at a water park. Now, that's from last year. That gentleman sadly uh, passed because of it. So, how does the enfalery get into the brain? Now, the brain-eating amoeba enfalery dwells in warm bodies of fresh water where it dines on bacteria in the sediment. As such, most infections with this amoeba in the U.S. have occurred in southern states, especially Texas and Florida, during the summer. When the sediment of a lake is disrupted, amoeba gets stirred into the water. Swimmers can then inhale the parasite through their nose. From there, enfalery invades the olfactory nerves and migrates to the brain where it causes a dangerous condition called the primary amoebic meningoan unencephalitis. While swimming in fresh water is most likely the source of the amoeba, this same organism and other species of amoeba can cause brain infections in people who use tap water 
instead of sterile water or saline when using the navel flushing neti pot. The brain is, is moist and warm, just like the lakes and hot springs where the amoeba thrives. But the brain doesn't have bacteria for the amoeba to eat, so the organism attacks brain cells for nutrients. The immune system does not sit idly by, however, when the parasite eats its way through the brain. It unleashes a massive swarm of immune cells through the infected zone, which causes inflammation and brain swelling. Unfortunately for the person whose brain is infected, this battle is being waged inside a sturdy skull, which cannot expand to accommodate a swelling brain. The increase in cranial pressure disrupts the brain's connection to the spinal cord, compromising communication with other parts of the body like the respiratory system. Symptoms can appear as early as two days, or as late as two weeks, following inhalation of enfalery. That's the brain-eating amoeba. The first symptoms include headache, fever, nausea, and vomiting, and a change in the sense of smell or taste due to the damaged olfactory nerves mentioned. The infection rapidly progresses through the central nervous system, producing stiff neck, confusion, fatigue, loss of balance, seizures, and hallucinations. Patients usually succumb to the infection within five to seven days after the onset of symptoms, so these are, this is very serious. This is quite literally deadly serious. It makes me, you know, it turns me off to swimming in lakes. I, I can tell you that. I know there's a lot of people that, you know, trying to sound the alarm on something like that. That's everybody has their own. You have a right to do whatever you'd like in that respect. But for me, I'm going to stay away from the lakes, even though this is rare. There are several reasons why enfalery is so deadly. First, the presence of the parasite leads to rapid destruction of critical brain tissue. Second, the initial symptoms can easily be mistaken for a less serious illness, costing valuable treatment time. Third, there is no quick diagnostic test for enfalery, and patients are often mistreated for viral or bacterial meningitis. So because it's so rare, and because... The beginning symptoms are so, I don't want to say normal, but they're so common. I mean, a headache, you know, fatigue, I mean, that's something that just about everybody experiences every day. Finally, there are no established medications with proven efficiency against the amoeba, although there is one that's showing some promise. Compounding the problem is the fact that most drugs have trouble penetrating the brain, and, and since the condition is so rare... There's very little research being conducted. It's important to keep in mind that millions of people are exposed to enfalery and never fall ill. Well, that's good news. Though those who study this amoeba don't know why a tiny subset of exposed individuals are susceptible to this brain-eating amoeba. They may have a genetic difference that makes them more vulnerable to the infection or may have forcefully inhaled an overwhelming amount of the parasite. So if you're going swimming in fresh water, lakes, or streams, especially if you like diving or going underwater, consider wearing a nose clip to help keep amoeba parasites out of your brain. Experts also advise that people avoid stirring up the sediment at the bottom of these bodies of water where the amoeba live. So at least there's something we can do to protect ourselves if you're swimming in a lake. 
Two things, primarily. Wear a nose clip and don't stir up sediment that's on the bottom of the lake. It's very important. And honestly, just to be on the safe side, even though the brain-eating amoeba and these cases are very rare. Now, I think between 2008 and 2019, so you're looking at 11 years, I think there were only 34, 35 cases of this. But there's still a possibility. So I would be proactive if I had, to, if I was really hot and I was near a lake and I wanted to swim and or my children wanted to swim, my family, I would certainly have them wear the nose clips. So it uses that olfactory path to get to your warm, moist brain. And we don't want that. I want everyone out there, I want everyone's brain to stay intact and I want everyone's brain to stay healthy. And that's one reason why the S-Factor exists. I love doing this stuff. I love bringing the science news to you, bringing a main topic to you. Science ed education to me is one of the most important things that we can give our young people and give each other, quite frankly. And in this day and age, in, in the year 2020 right now, here we are August 1st already. I can't believe how fast the year's flying by. Education's so important. All of my past S-Factor radio shows via scienceanimated.net, via the S-Factor podcast. I, I take this radio show and convert it into a podcast form. So you can check that out. You can check out the 40-minute DVD or stream of Science Animated, the Human Body. Of course, i got some freebies on the website as well. The Orbit Show, which is a YouTube series. I have a coloring book that I'm working on now for kids. I actually have a free sample up at scienceanimated.net right now. You can check that out. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank you for being an awesome audience. I want to thank you for supporting the show through purchasing things from my website, through doing business with my, my great sponsors of the show. It's such a, a privilege for me to be on Cruise 92.1 WVLT, bring this information to you. I hope everybody has a great, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Have a great weekend. I will see you next month in September. You can check out this show, The S Factor, every month the first Saturday of every month at 1 o'clock right here on Cruising 92.1 WVLT. Of course, everything science animated oriented is at scienceanimated.net. Check out my website, please, if you would. And I want to wish everybody a great weekend. Thank you for joining me. See you next time. This has been The S Factor with your host, Chuck Shazer. You have been listening to The S Factor, brought to you by scienceanimated.net on Cruisin' 92.1 WBLT. See you.